Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Hey, good morning, Word of Life! Hey, let me ask you guys a favor. Can everybody who's here uh, give a good morning to everybody who's joining us on our online campus? Ready? Everybody? One, two, three. Good morning! Yeah, it's, we're, having a, we're having a great time. It's so much fun. Today we are taking a, uh, a, a, just a little break from our series through David um, to because it is our annual all-church meeting today. And so during our annual all-church meeting, we're going to take time to, you know, look back on 2020 and, and, and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just some of the blessings that the Lord has brought in, in, in the previous year. And we're going to be looking forward um, to 2021 and just casting some vision and stuff like that. And so during our, our, our worship gathering... <clears throat> We're not going to, you know, I'm not going to wheel out budgets or anything like that while we're worshiping. But what we are going to do is we're going to look to God's word because God's word is the source of our vision of this church. And so as we gather for worship, we, we sing his praises, we, we pray his, uh, you know, we pray for his will and, and, and we look to the scriptures for our lead because we believe that God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus promised that the that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us. That the that He would when He was ascending into heaven, He said, "Don't worry about it. I'm going to send a helper because you guys need help." No, really, you do. I know because I do. <laughs> and so Jesus sends us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to uh, to lead us to remind us of Bible passages that we've memorized, to, you know, to, give, uh, to, to give, give us guidance and strength. And, and so we, as a church, we trust the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit leads us to Scripture. I, um, and so today we're going to take a day, just break from, from David. Don't worry, everybody. I'll be back in David next week. But today, it's Vision Sunday. And it, Vision Sunday is not a day where I just kind of like, you know, make it up on the fly. Uh, vision Sunday is a day that we look to God's word and say, well, what is God's vision for his church? What is God's, you know, mission for his people and he drives us, he drives us to the word. And so uh, as I think about Mission Sunday, I think, honestly, I think about my daughter, Becca. Um, Becca has had a, a, a really good grasp of God's mission, even from the time she was a young kid. She was about, man, we were, well, we were moving from Rhode Island to Southern California, that is a long move with three kids and a dog. Um, we sent all the stuff ahead, no worries. Anyways, we're moving from, uh, from Rhode Island 
all the way to Southern California, and we, we just to break things up a little bit, we, we stopped at family along the way to, to break up the drive. We stopped in Fergus Falls at Russ and Carol's house, uh, Heidi's parents, and um, while we sto- stopped at their house on our, on our way across the country, um, the kids were playing with some of the kids in the neighborhood, some of the neighbor kids, and, and, and so, you know, the, our kids don't live there, but then, you know, neighbors are like, where do you live? And Becca said, oh, we're homeless. <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure how much Carol really appreciated, you know, the neighborhood hearing that her grandchildren were homeless. But, you know, and so that caused a little bit more of a conversation. Like, what do you mean homeless? And she just said, oh, we just go wherever the Lord calls us to go. About six years old. Oh, we just go wherever the Lord calls us to go. And um, shortly after that, we, well, okay, we moved to California. Then we moved to Colorado. So she's in middle school. Any middle schoolers here? Middle schoolers? Anyone? Yeah. How old are you? 13. Yeah, she's about 13. Uh, here's a picture of Becca when she's 13. There she is. She's 13. We moved to Colorado. Or we're living in a brand new neighborhood outside of Aurora. Uh, and everybody who moves into this neighborhood, you know, just it's just, it constant, you know, because people are just moving in. And, um, and, and so some of the neighbors asked, you know, Hey, you know where are you where are you from, Becca? In her you know thirteen year oldness, just starts listing them off. Well, I was born in in uh, in Jersey, you know, but then we moved to Minnesota. I don't really remember Minnesota very much, but after Minnesota, we moved to Rhode Island. I remember Rhode Island, you know. After Rhode Island, we moved to Southern California, and then uh, you know uh, we were lived in Southern California for a little while, and now we're here in Colorado. And I think the neighbor just looked at her like. How's that even possible? How old are you? You know, and she's like, oh, you know, we just go wherever the Lord calls us. And they're like, wait, what? Well, how long do you think you'll stay here? And she's like, I, I don't know. I guess we'll stay here as long as the Lord needs us here. And whenever, you know, he needs us someplace else, we'll go. We'll go. From the time she was a young girl, she had a grasp that God's mission is to reach everyone with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. God's mission is to reach everyone with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 1 and we are going to take a look at Jesus as he introduces us to his mission. It's real early. It's, it's real early in, uh, in, his, you know, in his ministry. He's kicked off his ministry. So he's, he's done a, uh, you know, a miracle at a wedding. He has met some of his followers. And he's, at, you know, he's, uh, he's walking along the beach, you know, uh, along the Sea of Galilee. And he's just kind of walking along. And as he's walking along... Uh, the Sea of Galilee, he sees Simon Peter, and he sees Andrew, and he walks up to them, and he says, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. 
It's not the first time that Jesus has met or hung out with, uh, with Peter and Andrew. But this is the time. This is the moment when Jesus is calling them to follow him full time. They're, just, they're hanging out in their boat. They're mending their nets. And, and, and in that moment, Jesus gives them a mission with a promise. First, he says, follow me. Follow me. It's that call. It's that call to ministry. It's the call into mission. It just says, hey, follow me. But the next part is a promise of transformation. I will. It's not all about them. It's I, Jesus says, I will make you. They know what it's like to be a fisherman. They're, they're professional fishermen. That's what they've been doing. But Jesus' mission will transform their lives. And Jesus will make them fishers of men. And so they leave it all. They leave the nets, they leave the boats, and they follow Jesus full time from this point forward. Jesus walks a little bit further down the beach and he sees, he sees James and John and they're with their dad Zebedee and, and they're tending their nets. They're hanging out of the boat. They're mending the nets and everything else. And he walks up to them and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. James and John, they leave their dad. They leave the boats. They leave the nets just like, just like Peter and Andrew, and they follow Jesus full time. It's, it's right after this that things start to get a little crazy. Uh, they, he hangs out. They went to Capernaum, and a, you know, on the Sabbath... On the Sabbath, they, um, you know, Jesus goes into the synagogue and, uh, and they, they, give him, they give him the scroll with the scripture to read and Jesus starts to preach. A, time out. How cool would that be? Like Jesus shows up and he's like, yo, and somebody, you know, it's kind of cool that somebody asked him to preach that day. I, you know, I don't like, I don't just ask everybody to preach, you know, who like stops by church, but you know, Jesus is Jesus. I mean, how cool would it be if, to be there when Jesus is preaching and teaching and the crowd is just blown away. They're like, what is this? What is this new teaching? It's like teaching with authority. We've never heard anything like this. And right then he starts casting out uh, he casts out a demon from somebody and he won't even let the demon speak. And it says that his fame spread. Mark 1.33 says that his, or uh, Mark 1.28 says that at once his fame spread everywhere throughout the entire surrounding region of Galilee. So you're talking about like you got to see a Galilee we're talking about the, um, the west side of Galilee. If you, if you have a, like a mental map of Israel in your head, if you don't have a mental map, all you have to do is pull out your phone. It's still there. <laughs> Type in Galilee or Capernaum. Boom. You see the map. Okay. See Galilee. 
we're talking the west side, and that's the side, you know, that is mostly inhabited by, um, by Jews, and on the beach, you know, or over on that side is Capernaum, and that entire area, it's like the entire state starts hearing about Jesus. His fame is spreading. And so after being at the synagogue, after teaching with authority, he goes over to Peter's house. You know, probably for a sandwich. Okay, that's what I would do, you know. And and so he, he heads over to Peter's house, but when he gets there, Peter's like, oh man, sorry, love to have you in and stuff, but you know, my, my mother-in-law lives with us and she's sick. And so I don't know if you should come in or, you know, awkward, you know, I don't, you know, and, and, and so Jesus comes over to Simon Peter's house. And he just immediately heals her. He heals her mother, his mother-in-law and she just immediately gets up and starts serving. Like, that's cool. Like, as soon as she is healed, as soon as her life is changed by Jesus, she immediately does what she does and what she's been gifted to do. And so she just starts serving dinner. And so they start eating dinner and they're having a good time. And then as soon as the sun goes down, as soon as the Sabbath is over, and the whole town starts coming over to Simon Peter's house. The whole town is at Peter's house and they just keep coming and they're bringing like Aunt Miriam so that she could get healed and they're bringing like, you know, little John so that he could get a demon cast out and like all night long, the whole town is just coming over to to Peter's house to to get something fixed and and, and as the demons are are getting cast out, Jesus won't even let them speak. If you look at the parallel passage. So it's the same exact story is recorded in Luke chapter four, somewhere around verse 44. Um, You see that the demons are trying to disobey God and shout out, we know who you are, Jesus. You're the son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, the, the chosen one. And Jesus won't even let them speak. So, time out. We learn a little something about saving faith from these demons. Jesus won't let them speak. The demons know who Jesus is, but knowing who Jesus is is not the same as salvation. All these demons know who Jesus is. They call him by name, Son of God. Christ, Messiah, chosen one. That doesn't mean they're saved. That does, they're not crying out in glory to God. It's like one last act of defiance, disobeying the Son of God. And part of what we learn for ourselves is that saving faith isn't just knowing God's name. It's not just knowing who Jesus is. Saving faith is believing in Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's something the demons do not do. They're trying to disobey Jesus. And so Jesus has to shut it down because he says, I'm not going to let demons be the one who gives 
me credit. I'm not going to let demons, the one who tells everybody who my identity is, he's got a plan for that. He's got a plan for that. And so word is spreading. He's crazy. He's super busy. He's, uh, he's been you know, healing people and casting out demons all night long. And then we catch up to Mark 135. Mark 135, reading in Jesus' name. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, that's Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let's go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. It is the morning after a crowd of people were healed. And what is Jesus doing? He's not printing t-shirts. They're not, they're not building a new synagogue building just for him, you know, with like more seating. They're not building a hospital for, their, their, for Capernaum's great new healthcare provider. No. He's praying. We get to see a bit about Jesus as both son of God who stops the mouths of demons and Jesus, the son of man, who after a night of healing and constantly surrounded by people all day long, needs a break, takes a break. It's completely opposite for most of us. You know, because if when things are going great, we want things to stay going great. You know, if the ministry is growing, you know, we, we want it to continue to grow. If people are coming, then we want to be here. But Jesus, after a, a night of constantly being surrounded by people, uh, you know, goes off to a, a lonely place, a desolate place, all by himself, just to hang out with God the Father, just to pray. So if Jesus needs to pray, do we need to pray? We do. We need that time with the Father. We need that time. I don't know. Somebody asked me if, um, if I thought that um, Jesus was an introvert, you know, just because uh, for most introverts, uh, whether they, uh, you know, kind of have to operate, you know, extrovertedly or not, for most introverts, they, they recharge um, with alone time or quiet time, right? So somebody asked me if I thought Jesus was an introvert. I said, I don't know, he, you know, but it, it's obvious throughout the Gospels, whether you continue to read through Mark or if you worry, read through Luke, you'll see some very obvious examples that Jesus very regularly, after being with a huge crowd of people, goes off to a place by himself to recharge with time with God. Just spending time with the Father. And that is just, just helps us get to see who Jesus is. Now for us, like when, when, when things are going great, 
we start thinking of like growth plans of like stay here. It's going great and, you know, and everything else. You know, we want to, you know, you know just kind of build on the momentum and stuff like that. But when, when, the, when Simon finds Peter, you know, or Simon finds Jesus and he says, hey, everybody's looking for you. What are you doing out here? Like everybody's looking for you. This is a great way to kick off the ministry. I mean, you're just getting started. You just called us. Things are going great. I love it, man. But what are you doing out here by all, all by yourself? Everybody's looking for you. Let's go back to the house. We got some plans, maybe a marketing strategy. It's going to be great. But Jesus says, because he knows God's mission, Jesus says, let's go. Let's go on to the next town. Mark 138. Let's go on to the next town, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. You see, Jesus wasn't going to get distracted by the demon's plan for getting the word out about his mission, God's mission of salvation. Jesus knows the mission. Jesus knows the plan. And the plan is first, go into every town. Let's go to the next town. And it seems so strange to us because like we have a tendency to stay and build. And Jesus, his mission is to go and preach. And he goes to the next town, and he preaches there. And he goes to the next town, and he tells them about the message of salvation. And he goes to the next town, and he teaches them about the message of salvation. And, and Jesus' plan to take it beyond that, his next plan is he sends out the same guys who he just called. He called some, uh, some people to follow him, the, the 12 apostles, and the next step is Jesus sends them out two by two and they share the message of salvation from town to town to town. And then more followers join and then Jesus sends out 72 followers and they go from town to town to town sharing the message of salvation. And people hear and people believe. And it blows me away, but a ministry, a mission that started in a small lake town in Israel has grown all over the world. And that's why we're sitting here right now today, because someone shared God's message of salvation with you. And you believed and you received God's grace and you were brought into, brought into Jesus' family. You joined the mission. And you're here. And then God ties you into his mission. And he says, he gives you his word. And he sends you out to be a part of his mission. The, the cool thing about this is that the gospel... The message of salvation that Jesus preaches is for everyone. It's not just for this town. It's not just for Capernaum. It's not just for, for Peter and Andrew and James and John and, their, you know, and Peter's mother-in-law. It's not just for them. The message of salvation is for everyone. And Jesus, he's ready to go. Let's go. Let's go to the next town. Let's share the message of salvation 
with the next group of people. Because the message of salvation is for everyone. Jesus calls his followers with a promise of transformation. And he transforms us too by the power of his gospel, by grace, through faith. And the message of salvation hasn't changed. It's the same message that that we believed. It's the same message that we need. The gospel that saved us is the same gospel that sustains us. And every day, and every week, and every month, we need to hear the message of salvation, the message of Jesus Christ that reminds us that it's not what we've done, but it's what Jesus Christ has done for us. We need the salvation that only he can give. We need the forgiveness that only he can give. And he invites us into this mission and sends us out and says, let's go. I love the fact that he uses the plural, let's go. And if you look at that statement that I may preach, in the original language, it's in an imperative, both in Luke and in Matthew. It's a must do. It's a have to do. I must preach. I gotta. He's compelled to share the message of salvation, the good news. And it's my hope, my prayer, that we would be compelled to deliver the message of salvation to everyone. Everyone. It's not just for some. It's not just for the people who are here. It's for everybody. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for sending your son to be our savior. Jesus, I am incredibly thankful that the salvation that you offered wasn't just for Capernaum. It wasn't just for Galilee. It wasn't just for the Jews. But your message of salvation is for everyone. Person after person after person who hears your message of salvation and receives your grace and salvation, you bring all of us into your mission to share the message of hope and grace. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us. Thank you for not leaving us the same, but for making us, for transforming our lives to make us part of the mission, uh, just as you made those guys, fishers of men. You are making us into messengers of your, of your gospel. And so we thank you and praise you. We ask you, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you put your message of salvation in our mouths and give us opportunities to share it with people who need to hear? Who need to hear that you love them? Who need to hear that they can be forgiven? That there is hope for everyone through Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you. And we humbly ask you, Lord God, lead our church, 
lead us. The church isn't the building. The church is us, your church, your people who are brought together in your name by your grace. And you get all of the glory. So we ask you, Lord God, to lead us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake, for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Would you stand with me and receive this benediction? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen? Go in peace and serve the Lord. Please don't go too far if you're planning to stay for the meeting, though. Uh, we'll, we'll give you about, give, give us about 10 minutes to get things set up because we want to make sure that we can get um, the, the online Zoom, you know, part of the meeting all, all going as well as, you know, things like that. Uh, there are, um, there are re- annual reports are online. If you log into our website, uh, wordoflifemn.com. There's also printed copies on the table. You know, if you want to take one per household, you can do that. There's also, you know, a couple other pages there if you're hanging around for the meeting or if you're heading home. And if you are heading home and you still want to join the meeting, um, the, the Zoom link will be in one of the emails that you received uh, this week or on Facebook um, or any of those multitude of ways that we send out all of the um, Zoom links and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. So we need just like 10 minutes. You can, you know, go out into the foyer, grab a cup of coffee, you know, take a look at the uh, annual report and uh, talk to somebody about, uh, you know, how the Lord has been leading you this